You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Gail Kraft here from the Empowering Process podcast. And I have with me this amazing woman. You're going to love this conversation, Lisa Barnett. Now, Lisa is the founder of Akashic Knowing. She's a teacher and she's a consultant at Akashic Knowing. Surprise, surprise. She is an author. She has written a book called The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records. Lisa is an internationally recognized author, teacher, and healer, and she has over 20 years experience in the spiritual healing forum. Lisa shares with her students the unconditional love, guidance, and wisdom that comes from the masters of the Akashic Records. She accesses the wisdom with ease through sacred prayer given to her by the Akashic Boards. She teaches these prayers and energy healing tools to her students to create their own personal Akashic record connection. And today, Lisa and I are going to talk about healing trauma, probably through the Akashic records. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty likely. (laughs) Pretty likely we're going to go there. So thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, we were talking beforehand about healing through this process is easier. You don't have to go to the story again. You don't have to feel the feeling again. Um, It really is a graceful way to heal, right? So talk to us a little bit about what that's like, what students experience when they're with you and the types of traumas that you've personally had to experience and clear yourself. Absolutely. So let me just start with my um, quick definition of what the Akashic Records are, because the word is bantied around much more now than 25, 30 years ago when I first started talking about it and people would have their eyes glaze over and be like, what Akashic, what, you know, (laughs) but, um, but still, I think it's a, it's relatively unknown on how we access it, how it can serve your life, how this can help really transform your um, life's path. So the Akashic Record is the recording of your soul's journey through all time space continuum. And so what that means is from the moment you individuated from source until you eventually return home again, billions and billions of years later, right? Um, Everything you are, every life you've lived here on earth and many in other dimensions and realms and planes, our recorded in your Akashic record, which is your own personal library. And the really cool thing to me is that you have your own set of Akashic librarians who we often refer to as the record keepers, or I sometimes talk to the, there's actually a kind of a hierarchy in there. So 
the higher ups are the masters and the lords. Now, honestly, the only time I talk to the Akashic Lords is when they say to me, it's time to write another book. And I say, okay, what are we writing now? So I am finishing up book three and four right now as we speak. <laughs> and, um, and it's really the Akashic Lords that I channel that information from. But on a regular basis, I have been given from them a five-step wisdom prayer system, which gives us access keys in the form of a sacred prayer so that we can easily move into the vibration of the Akashic field and actually start to converse with our own personal Akashic record keepers or our own personal librarians. So of course- when I when I see myself doing this, first of all, I didn't go looking for it. It just kind of happened. And I, and I see like, not even almost like light sitting across the table from each other and holding each other's wrists. And that's how we're communicating. It is just strange, but it is so invigorating. Go on. I just am so excited. I'm going to go back on mute. <laughs> No, I mean, that is that is fascinating because we all do have our own, you know, kind of visions of what things look like. So um, I often will see the Akashic Library, and this comes from when I first started to access it. I had a teacher who said, you can go to the gates of the Akashic Records, but you're not allowed in. And this is, you know, 30 plus years ago, and no one was really, well, Mostly no one was really accessing the Akashic Records. Maybe we would stumble into it occasionally because we were really mystics and, and of a very high vibration. But I don't really believe there was anyone if, you know, maybe one or two people on the planet who were able to access and teach somebody how to do that. Um, and sometimes through kind of a guided meditation. So when the record keeper said, we'll give you a simple system to teach people because we want you to help us bring this back to humanity. It is time now because honestly, they said they pulled the vibration away from earth during the dark ages. And so we really couldn't access the Akash between like 1000 and almost, you know, 2000. The vibrations start to come back to the world around, um, Edgar Casey accessed it through a sleeping um, hypnotic trance in the 40s, but most people didn't even start to, to hook back into that energy probably till around 1970. Um, and, and it was even after that, that my teacher was saying, you can't go in there. You can ask them for energy for your clients. I was a healer. And they, my teacher would say, fill your clients up with their highest Akashic energy. You can ask the record keepers to give that to them, but you cannot go in. And that was very connected to the path that from the dark ages when we were not allowed to go into the records because we were misusing the information. So really around the 70s, they started to say, you know, it's time. It's time to um, anchor this vibration back to the planet because it is our birthright. And now that the, the vibration of earth herself is raising and that we are truly um, 
ascending or awakening or becoming more conscious, if you just want to say it in kind of simpler words, uh, that it is time to have access to this soul guidance because it is the recording of your soul's journey. So yeah, <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a brief introduction as to what the Akasha records are. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so exciting though. Um, and so I wrote down five step wisdom uh, program and our birthright. And when you say birthright, I think as of my soul's creation, right? Because we are still that energy. So when you talk about um, going into the library. When I think about that, of course, I do see a library I, and it's crystal. And I mean, I have my own image of, you know, what I'm doing and I do walk in, but I, I see that as I'm going into my library when I go in. This is my information. This is me. When I go in on behalf of someone else, I look for permission to access there and I only can access what they truly give me permission to see what they're comfortable with with me, with sharing with me. So it's not like your records can be hacked or anything, right? Because they're yours, right? 100% yours. And so we have a right to our own information, right? Absolutely. It's your soul's information. And that's why the record keeper said it's time. During the dark ages, people were... Um, getting information back then, uh, how to win a war, how to find someone's riches, or how to whatever, take over <laughs> this land, whatever they were, you know, doing during the Dark Ages. And um, so the record keepers became so much more conscious and said, this is not, you know, this is not right. Uh, you know, so they pulled it away, because we were out of integrity in, in not everybody, but some of us um, were out of integrity at that time in history, right? It was the dark ages. So, <laughs> so um, I think they've gotten much better at, uh, again, at the energy and the protection and the consciousness. And that's why when we teach, when they gave me a five-step wisdom prayer system, it is to open your own records. And I do also teach a, a, a whole program, Career Mastery, to become a certified Akashic consultant with Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom. Um, and that is really about having the integrity having your own soul uh, mastery so that you have actually been through your own records to a great depth and you've done your own healing and you've worked through your own judgments and traumas and challenges so that when you're in someone else's records, there's no chance of you really mucking about or, you know, or judging someone because the record keepers have no judgment. Right. So that's exactly. so important. Exactly. I will tell you, Lisa, what's fascinating to me. Um, so I started on this more spiritual journey when I was out in San Diego. So, you know, it started about 12 years ago now. And um, the energy there was conducive. It, it's like the veil is thinner there than it is where I, where I am now. And, and I would sit with other coaches and we would say, can you feel it? I mean, I can feel it, right? It was fascinating. 
um, and, and spooky at the same time. <laughs> um, so where am I going with this? I have no idea. <laughs> but I will tell you that um, through the process of allowing myself to embrace and, and get curious about what's going on, I have brought to me other people who are doing the same. And I'm saying successful business people. And that's where the beauty is, right? We're, um, I'm seeing whatever label you put on it, it doesn't matter. People becoming conscious, becoming curious, wanting to be better, wanting to do things in the right way, less ego and more soul, if you will, in business. And that is amazing to me. So let's talk a little bit about that. And then we'll get to the trauma, I promise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. So, you know, as we look around in the world right now, I mean, obviously our, our world has changed pretty drastically just in the last few years. And so many of us are working from home instead of spending hours commuting, um, you know, instead of being in person, we're doing everything on Zoom, right? And so I believe that in all of the kind of processes and, and a lot of, you know, challenges and emotional pain and sometimes a lot of loss and sadness and loneliness, right? Not leaving your house for a year is, you know, could have been pretty devastating for a lot of people. And so, but we're also rewriting how we do business. And I believe it's given people so much kind of more time and, and ability to become more conscious. And to me, what that means is that we're becoming more aware of the greater good and how we can be of service to other people and how possibly we can realign our business so that it feels that it's kind of working for the higher good and not just for our own personal gain and people and as the energy and as the planet herself, of course, our dear mother earth is a sentient being who is also awakening. She is pushing our awakening because she can't wake up and we stay asleep. It's just not going to happen because the vibration of the planet is raising and that's going to um, push us to wake up. And so a lot of the other challenges that we're seeing in the world are really created because one of the ways we wake up is to see the garbage in front of us, right? So when you can see what's going on, when you notice garbage, literally floating in the ocean and think we have to do something about this. And, 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 and one simple thing would be to carry your own, whatever own personal water bottle and stop using all those little plastic water bottles or all the fishing aspects. I mean, just the ecology to start with, right? So people are just waking up little by little, but all that is adding up to opening your awareness, raising your consciousness, raising your vibration. So we start to see the world in a different way. And we're starting to realign our own businesses, those of us who have our own businesses, right? It's to say, I want to be of service in the highest and best way I can. And so I know that we are doing that as a collective humanity, 
even though it may not look like it at the moment, because there's some huge challenges on our planet, but energetically, we are raising the collective consciousness. And so we are going on a higher timeline towards awakening instead of, as I believe we were for a very long time, on a timeline of possible destruction. So we are off that timeline and into the awakening. And it's exciting. And it's time for us to do everything we possibly can to become more conscious and aware. And this is part of what the Akashic Records can help us do. Because so we- what, happen, what happens is, at least for me, and if they can only talk about my experience, what I've observed, right? As I become more aware, as I wake up, if you will, it's like waking up from a sleep, I'm seeing things that I, that have always been there, but I haven't seen before or knowledge that was there before and that's that's the dark the darkness and you know what i would encourage and then let's get to trauma because that's one of the darknesses that we have to face we have to face the darkness because in facing the darkness we see the message it's trying to tell us in order to see the light does that make sense right so so i don't fight those feelings anymore I don't bury those anymore I like I get curious about oh so what happened and so why am I feeling this way and how can I get a lesson and heal right so let's talk a little bit about that and how the Akashic Records really is a part of all of this absolutely so uh, where to start (laughs) um help us (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually going to start with my own kind of story because, of course, again, that's how we learn and how we can transform ourselves and then have that information to assist other people if they're interested. So when I was um, very young, I was about three years old and when I realized I was back in a body. So I was not happy because I was like, darn it, I'm trapped again. And I could see myself not embodied with my two like best friends talking without words, right? Just knowing what we were sharing together energetically, telepathically. And so as a three-year-old, I was quite frustrated because I couldn't make myself understood. And that triggered this like, darn it, I'm in a body. And I can't talk that well, you know? So it's been a long journey for me. And when I was about 13, my, one of my two soul sisters, my two dearest friends that I spent every single day with, one of them went into the hospital with severe headaches and ended up um, having brain surgery for a big tumor. And she went into a coma. And that triggered my memory of having been a healer. And I thought, I should heal her. I should be able to heal her. I should be able to heal her. And I had no idea how. I'm 13, right? And I thought, I don't even know how to pray, prayer, pray, because my parents were agnostic. And so I had not even really been to church. And so 
that was my first trauma. She died and I could not save her. And I felt very responsible. And, um, you know, and as is in, in our lives very often, you know, my parents were like, oh, we're so sorry. But we had just recently, about two months before, moved to California from Chicago. My dear friend, Marsha, was in Chicago. And so I, back then, you know, in the 60s, you weren't hopping on a, a plane to go to a funeral, right? You weren't. So I was not with any of my friends or family there or any of that experience. So I was alone. I had lost my, one of my best friends and kind of that was that. So the other best friend, of course, still in Chicago and I'm in California, we're trying to figure this out. And I started studying. I literally started studying spirituality at 14 years old and went on to minor in philosophy at the university and really just to continue to try and understand what I knew, what I could remember, you know, that I, I was ancient, that I had many, many, many lives and I was a healer and I was supposed to be healing people. So it seemed like I was on a likely path at that moment. Um, but then one day I came home um, and my parents were up and, you know, sitting kind of in, in the dark in the, in the uh, TV room. And, and I went in, you know, it's like midnight. My parents were not up at midnight. You know? And they just were, you know, so looking so sad. And, and, and they told me that, that Shuby died. My other soul sister died in a car accident. And again, I mean, there was nothing I could do. My two best friends were dead. Her body was 2000 miles away. And it just, you know, kind of sent me spinning out of control. I was, you know, so again, we have so many varieties of trauma. It could be a, a childhood trauma from your parents' divorce, because it might've been very, you know, angry and, violent and, you know, maybe your father never came home or your mother never came home again. And there was serious abandonment. So we have so many um, kind of traumas. Mine was about loss and abandonment. Of course, often there's that survivor's guilt, which I know I experienced on top of everything else. And, and of course, it sent me down a rabbit hole. Um, it was the 70s in California, and there was a lot of partying going on. And I was a bartender in San Francisco. So we did a comment about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Yep. Sex, <laughs> drugs, rock and roll. And, and, you know, and I went deep down that rabbit hole. And so it was not until many years, 10, 15 years later, that I got really sick and, and had to kind of like figure out what was going on. And I actually went to a psychic who said, you're a healer. And I'm like, right, no, <laughs> no, I'm in advertising, you know? And so <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. You know, it was very weird that I could so have put that early 10 years of my life out of my memory that I had dove so deep, right? Um, and, and it was interesting, but that trigger, and, and again, this is how I realize now after all these years of working in the Akashic Records, that we create challenges to trigger us to wake us up. So my trigger then was chronic fatigue. And, um, and, and my acupuncturist was like, 
you should go see a psychic because your soul has a message for you. And I don't know what it is, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, sure, why not? You know, um, but that trigger really sent me back on my healing path. And years later, you know, I, I said to the record keepers, I said, God, did I totally screw up? I mean, I was so awake at 20. And instead I went down this, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll uh, rabbit hole. Did I blow it? I mean, you know, now, now I'm in my mid thirties. I'm, and they laugh. And I think that was the greatest relief that I ever experienced was when the record keepers would laugh and say, you wouldn't be who you are today if you hadn't had those experiences, right? You wouldn't have the compassion. You, you might judge people for what you did if you didn't do what you did, right? <laughs> and so it gives us a depth and a view and a vision that is great, uh, so much more expansive. And again, as I started to work in the Akashic Records, the record keepers would say, let's go back to that trauma. And they would show me how to kind of release that energy that had gotten locked down. And so for a lot of us, trauma is stuck, kind of locked down emotions, right? When Marsha died and I felt guilty that I couldn't heal her, there was nothing to do with that but stuff it down and go on. And then when Shubi died and I felt responsible again, she was my best friend. I should have been there to save her. I should have stopped her from getting in the car with that person. I should have, should have, should have, right? And so there was nothing much for me to do for all of that that shame and that guilt and that pain, that trauma of losing my soul sister, really, I felt that we had come to create something great in this world. And now both of them were gone. So, you know, we just stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down until either we become, you know, completely oblivious or many people drop into depression or we get sick or we end up having another accident you know, because we're not being consciously aware in our bodies, we're not actually living our lives, we've kind of closed ourselves off. And so, um, you know, in so many ways, we are able to kind of shift these, uh, these traumas. But of course, first, we have to know it experience, we experienced it. And then to me, the record keepers kind of walk us through releasing that energy, that emotional pain and that trauma without having to relive it. So we don't have to go um, back into the pain. We can be told, right? I do it for clients all the time because it's almost easier than even doing it for yourself to say, you know, that childhood pain um, of, of shame, you know, we can energetically clear and release that, that childhood pain of guilt that I was experienced, I've, I've released it. And again, we're complex and we have that aspect. And then often we've um, picked to have those experiences because we want to learn and grow as these big ancient souls that we are. We're always here for our soul growth. And so there may be other past lives. And so we go into this quantum field of the all 
where there is no time and space. And we can literally kind of pluck out these different matching past lives where maybe we were experiencing abandonment or the traumatic death of loved ones or whatever those different, you know, guilt or shame survivor guilt that many of us have experienced in lots of different lifetimes. And as we heal those past lives, again, because there is no true time and space, we can release that energy and then really reclaim that lightened energy, that clear energy that's been um, released from the emotional pain and trauma. So what my clients usually just say is, God, I feel so much lighter. (laughs) Just lost 20 pounds, right? Right. We all express it so, so differently. And um, for many, and again, I can only talk from from my experience. Um, I was a pusher to run away from it so I was a very high achiever type a personality and as a type a personality I didn't have to face anything if I was too busy right I didn't have to deal with anything if I was running towards something else so I wasn't really running towards I was running away and when that train stopped I mean it crashed into a wall when it stopped right I was so angry so all of these emotions um, just came pouring out because I had buried them so deeply, right? Um, And I had a choice. I had a choice of living in that anger and living like many people choose to live um, with blame or looking at myself in the mirror and saying, okay, you're the one, no one else. And if you created it, you can heal it. Right. And this is what the Akashic records are, is you. This is your story. This is your history. This is your ability to look at it and say that was an experience. Um, I no longer call events, opportunities or challenges. I'm so sick of those words because they're so misused in corporate. Um, But I call it a puzzle. You just got a piece to the puzzle. Where does it fit? It, it makes you curious. Mm. Look at it right. like a puzzle, right? And and that's what we are, is one big, huge puzzle. Right. And when we can have that curiosity, I mean, I, I really, um, really agree that, that those kinds of ways of saying, oh, wow, you know, isn't that interesting that mm-hmm. I had that experience, that that piece of the puzzle showed up. Where does it go? What is it, you know, what is it I really have come to do? Where, where do these, you know, how can I put these together to maybe when I get that big picture, there's a piece to share with someone else, or maybe that's the book I'm going to write or that class I'm going to teach, or just that wisdom I might share with one other person in the world. It might be one person. Or it might be thousands. Again, never any right or wrong or good or bad. Our soul wants to to learn, to grow, and to share. Yes, absolutely. And and honestly, for, for me, the past year, I have to say year, I would say that 2020 gave me the push, but the past year has been all about 
you know, collaboration, for me to, to be a conduit for others like you, right? Mm -hmm. To share their stories, to share um, their wisdom, right? And if one person listens to the podcast, it's one person that just got some information they didn't have before, right? And that really is what we're here, what I'm here for. What you're here for, I go not. But I'm here <laughs> to be a conduit so that you can share and others can share, right? Absolutely. You know, and I would say that both of us are communicators at heart and probably healers at heart, right? So I think that's um, actually a perfect kind of interesting segue into the sole purpose um, conversation that a lot of people are like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And the record keepers actually have come to say, and this is the third book I'm writing, which is your soul has a plan. And truly, your purpose is to work through your soul's plan. Because we write our, a, a new plan every lifetime. And so it's different this time than it will be next time or than it was last time or 500 times ago. You know, And so it's complicated because we have many, many, many purposes. Most of us have at least a half a dozen purposes, right? So, so um, the way I often will see it is, Archetypically, I would say I'm a communicator. Part of that is about writing books, speaking on podcasts and from stages, right? Speaking, sharing, writing, sharing, teaching, sharing. So all of that is about being the communicator. And we all have these types of, you know, variety of archetypes. And then again, for me, what I'm communicating is very much about the Akashic records because the record keepers told me when they first said, um, when they first asked me to help them bring this information back to humanity. And I said, you know, like, why me? I had three babies. I'm in the suburbs here. And I'm like, who the heck am I? <laughs> right? Which is again, that typically human thing. Who am I? I'm a like, I'm a mom in the suburbs. Um, and they said, you were one of us. I was like, what? What does that even mean? And they said, when you began your soul journey back in the beginning, right? Shortly after individuating, you came into the Akashic Library, this expansive energy, which is part of source, part of the quantum field, and stayed and researched and helped other people and worked in the library as an Akashic teacher. And um, so they said, you are one of us. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that would be why they've been yelling at me for five years trying to get my attention. <laughs> but we have a variety, right? So um, it's part of, part of my purpose was to parent my four children. Part of my purpose is to, right? to do all sorts of things, to go to sacred sites, to help to activate these sacred sites again with higher, newer vibrational energy. So it's not just one thing that we do. And, um, and I really want people to be aware of that, that when we can take what we learn from our traumatic experiences and release the charge, release that energetic pain, which feels like the, the charge, or sometimes it feels for me um, when I'm clearing it, like 
like needles in my hands. When we can release that energetic pain, then we can access the gift of the wisdom from that experience that we can then share in some way, whether it's just with ourselves or with others around us. And and I love that, the gift of the wisdom, because, because it is a gift. I always say the lesson and the gift, there is definitely a gift. Um, in every experience that we have. And I I know that I'm here for the purpose of experiencing and then sharing that experience, not only in this third dimension, but in the fifth dimension as well, to to have that conversation about, holy crap, this is what just happened, (laughs) right? In this dimension, what I think that means, what do you think, right? (laughs) And hold that conversation. And I want to get back to where you were talking about being raised agnostic. And I really have found that um, folks that I've been connecting with who are embracing the belief that there's more than just us, right? That, That we are more. Either had a strict religious upbringing where they rebelled against it and then came back with curiosity or were raised agnostic. Um, my brother says we were raised as heathens because we were also raised with no religion, right? Right. Um, and I became very curious at 12 and 13. And a friend of mine, we would go to different churches and experience what their sermon was all about, what their service was. And we would come out and like students take notes about, well, what do you think about that? What do you think they meant by that? And you know, how do you feel about that? Is this something that we should share? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, at such a young right. age, but we were curious um, about what all of these differences, what were all of the differences, and we found fewer differences and more similarities in the various places that we went, and that the differences were made up. That's at that age. That's what we. The differences are the story. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, what's fascinating is that um, because as a child, then my friends were either Catholic or Jewish. The neighborhood I lived in where there were synagogues and Catholic churches. (laughs) We actually grew up on Loyola in Chicago, which Loyola University is a big Catholic university. And I grew up on that street. So everybody around me was Catholic, but me. And because my father was Jewish and my mother was Lutheran and neither of them were believers. So they came together and they were nothing. And so um, when they because I would say, I, I, I want to go to church. I want to figure this out. I knew, I knew, I knew stuff I couldn't explain. I thought maybe somebody could help me explain this. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, of course, I already believed in past lives at 13. So I was not getting any more helpful information at church, but my parents took me to the Unitarian Universalist. I don't even know if it was a center or a church. Honestly, I don't have any Bibles or anything like that, the Unitarians. Um, and actually in around, I think it was fifth or sixth grade, that's really what they did at, at um, 
whatever they call it at the kids church or kids school or, you know, whatever, they would actually do exactly what you did for yourself is go to some different churches and talk about the similarities or, you know, the contrasts or what they were sharing and teaching. And they really were helping people to start to, you know, us as kids to understand that, which is probably why I went on to study philosophy. Right. And, but, um, yeah, it it did. It was it, to me. It was a gift because I didn't have to undo any of the do- indoctrination that you sometimes get from a church. Oh, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So there was a there was a reason. There was a reason for all of that. Um, I totally totally believe. And those that um, that have those those religious shackles that they have to get rid of in order to see clearly. Um, some of them have a hard time getting rid of them because they're so deeply ingrained, so deeply oh, ingrained. Yes. So, yeah. so if I came to you and um, said, let's, so I'm going to go um, to a, a serious trauma. So being a woman, I, I would say I was raped at 12, right? Um, right. And no one believed me, hmm. right? And so I learned to bury it. And now I'm an adult and I could give two shits about sex. I don't trust men. Okay. What would you, what would you counsel me to do? (laughs) Um, Well, the most likely uh, easiest first step would be to actually, you know, offer to do an Akashic record reading and healing session for you. Right. And of course, with your consent, I would open your records. I would ask the record keepers about this experience and ask them what we can know, what we can clear, right? What can we release? And, and, and what lesson might there be in this? Or, or why would your soul write this into your soul's plan? Because the truth is, is that what we find is we create a plan that has challenges and traumas and emotional pain because we want to learn and grow. And we rarely learn and grow if we're just hanging out on a beach. I mean, you could have a drowning experience or <laughs> what? Suntan lotion? I don't know. <laughs> right? Burns, you know. Anyway, um, but really, you know, this is what we put into our soul plan. We sometimes choose very challenging families, whether they're... Um, you know, addicts or alcoholics or abusive or have a lot of their own mental challenges, traumas, um, you know, psychological issues. I mean, we pick these people because we want to learn and grow from them. So, so the growth and the learning can be very clear. Often it goes back to past lives where we have been that ourselves. And now we, um, in this lifetime want to experience the flip side because as again, infinite souls, you want to learn and understand and experience the whole picture, that whole 360 of everything, every level, every layer, every type. So we don't do it once, twice, we do it 10, 20 times. So we have all types of experiences of that, whatever story it is. And so then we can go back into that 12-year-old you and do energetic clearing because we've moved outside of time in the quantum field back to that 12-year-old moment of that experience. And we want to release the pain that's stuck in the body 
because sometimes that will create dis-ease in the body, which will turn into some sort of illness or um, challenge in the physical. And so we want to go and clear and release these. Um, they, to me, they look like uh, almost balls of, of white hot light, not positive white light, but like hot burning coals that are going to glow white, right? So it's, create, it's created this um, attention point that often distracts us from other positive things that we could be doing. It often will pull our attention back to this pain unconsciously. And so when we can break that up and start to release that, it actually allows us to recycle the energy for your highest good. It allows us to bring in new upgraded energy and it allows us to release the attention that was on the trauma, keeping us stuck in this circle. All right. So, so I, I'm looking at it as though <laughs> it was clearing space so that you could travel through more clearly right so some something you like my, my daughter so i'll tell you this quick little story um wanted to manifest a new gentleman in her life and the first thing she did before she even met this man and by the way she did and he's amazing was she cleared four drawers for him she said, well, you know, if, if a man's going to come into my life that I really want to get involved with, he needs space in my bedroom. That's one of the, before anything, is she started to physically create space as though he existed. It was, and, it, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's so beautiful. Absolutely. So um, in healing, you know, there's so many levels. So we are on one level, energetically creating space in your 12 year old body right. to fill it back up with your highest Akashic light wisdom, your highest consciousness. And then when we bring it into present time into this body, now we have, you know, rearranged everything. So we have created a newer updated, upgraded energy body, which will um, integrate into the physical all the way down into a cellular level so that we can start to feel different, can start to shift pain in our physical body. And, you know, sometimes we do that once and, you know, depending on what the story or the trauma or the pain or what we've done around it already, sometimes it's gone, you know, miraculously in an hour, you know, that's always so cool. Um, and for many of us, it's a 40 year old trauma or more, right? Or even if it's a 20 year old trauma, it's been in our field a long time and we've created all sorts of ways to work around it, right? We've created energetic um, systems so that we don't have to go there and don't have to feel that. And so, again, that's about energetically deprogramming and clearing a lot of these um, weird apparatuses and, and systems that we create in our energy field. So we don't have to feel that or remember that or experience that again. And so for most of us, it's levels and layers. And um, 
again, sometimes I work with people on a monthly basis for a year or more or a weekly basis for a couple of months. It depends on our stories and our traumas and how quickly. But then again, to start to go out there in the physical world like your daughter did and make a physical change, make a space, actually step out into the world maybe in a different way. Allow yourself to maybe change some of the colors of your clothes if you've only worn black because you felt so low for years, right? Oh, maybe I could wear gray, you know? <laughs> or, no, but, it's still a little bit lighter. It's still a little, little right, bit lighter. you know? I call it, it um, acting as if, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. But here's the trick to that, and I'm, and I'm glad that you brought this up. It's something that if you were going to act as if, you should not do alone. And here's why. Because if you act as if it's so, without some guidance to navigate what's going on, your, your subconscious thinks you're lying and will stop listening to your direction. Right? And what we're trying to do, what we're talking about here is opening up that pathway right, to so go beyond ego, to, you know, thank ego for what it does. It's here to, to release the conscious mind to do things, but to allow yourself to go past the control that the subconscious has and into really to live multidimensionally, to live multidimensionally takes work, um, takes intention, right? Process. <laughs> it's a process. And um, none of us have mastered it. I, you know, will say when I'm walking on water, I will let you know. Right. Right. Haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> right. The record keepers, when I sometimes joke about what's the fifth dimension going to look like, and they say, when you see the unicorns right over that hill, there's a hill outside <laughs> my window, you'll know you're there. You will know you're probably in the sixth dimension. But it's a process. It's a, it's a, it's a daily project, you know, and this is why I teach people to access their own personal Akashic records, because you can open your records and talk to your record keepers every single day and let them guide you because these are the pure beings of light, pure light beings who are here in, in support of you really. And only you, they're not archangels who are helping the whole world. They're right. your personal record keepers and they're only here for us, for each one of us as our own set. And so you can ask them numerous questions every day. You can get guidance, give me baby steps, you know, help and support me as I'm going shopping for some, maybe some new clothes so I can, you know, act as if I'm happy instead of, you know, just letting myself feel the depression, right? Because as we start to shift the energy, we start to feel lighter or a little happier. And again, we have to re, um, reinstate and, and deepen those connections and those pathways. And acting as if is a way to definitely strengthen those pathways. And so going out for a walk, singing a song, skipping, if that feels like fun for a minute, you know, putting on something brighter, doing all of those, they're all processes because we've created, you know, other neural pathways and, and, and um, 
energies and attitudes and, you know, that have been with us for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so it definitely is a whole path, a big journey, but it's not that hard to start. And that's why I love to teach people to access their own Akashic records because it opens those doors. It actually raises our vibration by being in the Akashic record. It's source energy. You're moving up into source, up into that beautiful, unconditional love vibration. And you can hang out in that and feel that. And that in its own right is transformational. And you start attracting people who are doing the same thing and you start to feel even more enlightened, more enriched and and more knowing. I call it knowing. So Lisa, I could talk to you forever, um, but the noise around here is starting to, to interfere. So I am going to say, let us know, let the listeners know if they wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that other than purchase your books? We will give um, them links. Absolutely. Reach out. Um, akashicknowing.com is my website. And there is a, a beautiful free um, quiz on my website really all around trauma. If you're interested in taking the quiz and downloading another one of my free gifts, my free guided meditations. And so um, there's a few of those, those um, free aspects. And of course you can check into doing an Akashic reading with me if you want, Akashic consultations and um, my classes. And so that's all on my website at akashicknowing.com. I think I'm going to go reaching out for sure, for sure. So thank you so much, Lisa. We'll be hearing from you again. And thank you for listening to the Empowering Process podcast. If there is something in here that piqued your curiosity or a question has come up, absolutely comment and maybe we'll have a chance to get back together and answer your question. If this is something that maybe you know someone this could help, share it out to them, let them know. But by all means, download, like, let us know that you've listened. We would love to hear from you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lisa. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.